I was having so much fun with Greg Silver that we turned it into a two-parter. So here's part two with Greg Silver. And this this episode, unlike the first one, has a very different tone. Uh, Greg opened up a lot in terms of, uh, you know, bringing his perspective in on a topic that can be sensitive, can be difficult to talk about, nepotism in sports, nepotism in life. And I can't thank Greg enough for really uh, opening up, offering his perspective um, on what it's like to try to achieve success and follow in your, uh, your, your parents' footsteps. And it's a complicated issue. And it's definitely one that's, I think, fascinating to talk about. So stay tuned. We're, we're talking about that. Obviously, some more Clay Thompson. Greg and I are also giving uh, some impressions of what to expect for the Warriors this year, maybe some predictions as well. All that is next. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Um, I'm going to, for the for the purpose of time, I'm not going to play... Uh, the clip where uh, Clay talked about the four finger thing. I think a lot of people have seen that anyways. Yeah. Um, I do appreciate that Clay uh, has self-awareness in understanding that that was kind of silly. People can just look up the fact that the Warriors have four rings on Wikipedia. Um, but I do want to play this one final clip of Clay uh, with Paul George, where he talked about the impact of um, uh, Chris Paul. Uh, and that's a big question is how is Chris Paul going to fit into this? We don't even know if he's going to start. Um, we, we don't know if he's going to fit into Kerr's motion offense or if he's going to slow things down. That is a big mystery. And it's also incredibly intriguing. I think a lot of people are looking forward to watching that. But here was Clay's response uh, to Chris Paul being his teammate. How you feel about CP being on your team? I mean, we're lucky. It's one of the greatest players ever. He's top 75. He's elevated every franchise. He ran the point for. And me as a shooter, I'm excited. I just know CP's going to put it right here on the seams. He's going to set me up nice. I'm going to get a couple extra easy buckets every night. And he's a winner. I've played against him so many times. See how competitive he is. He'll do anything to win. That's the vibe we want. Is that company speak, Greg, or do you think he's being genuine saying that? No, I'm fully on the genuine train with this with Clay. Like, Say what you want about Chris Paul. I know some Warriors fans absolutely can't stand him. I know others maybe maybe have a higher tolerance for it. But look, at the end of the day, like they are professionals. I mean, they traded for him not because Chris Paul is in his prime. Like he still costs a lot of money. They traded so that they could get an adult in the room and a big boy to run this offense. And uh, when I was working with Tom Tolbert and Adam Copeland at KMBR for uh, one of the weeks working their show and filling in for one of the full-time producers – we had a talk about Dario Saric because we're like, that could actually be a great pairing where Saric might be someone who plays a little bit of a slower pace. And Chris Paul is someone that runs a little bit of a slower pace. Like that might be a nice second unit pairing together. Now it's not my job to make these pairings and these rotations and figure it out in August uh, as I am nowhere near coaching the team. But yeah, I think Clay's genuine. Like these guys do want to win and 
yeah, they battled back and forth and they've been petty and they're competitors. But you see in these offseason settings, these guys are all part of such a exclusive club of being a professional basketball player and having a sustained career longer than three years in the league. Like KD and Draymond sitting next to each other, watching Team USA, both wearing bucket hats, and people are like, whoa, like, oh my gosh, are they friends? And it's like, dude, like, they've been fine. They're they're okay. Um, and so I think with Chris Paul, like, when they all put on that same jersey, they all know what they got to do. I don't see it getting chippy and unnecessarily petty. I mean, maybe if they lose 17 games in a row, yeah, maybe. But do I think Clay and Chris Paul can gel if they're both wearing that blue and gold? Of course I do. I fully believe Clay. Um, what are look? I I'm I I find you to be particularly fascinating to ask this question. Uh, somebody at the very beginning of the show, for example, put in the chat that they hate nepotism. Right? Um, your dad's a legendary journalist. You're getting into journalism yourself. I would like to say, uh, from my perspective, I love the fact that you're working your way up. Like, with the first time you came on the show, for example, I didn't know who your dad was. Um, you're not going around boasting about that. So that's huge, man. I think you're you're playing this the best way you can. Um, Nick Kerr was, uh, it was announced today that Nick Kerr is the head coach of the Santa Cruz Warriors. Now, Nick Kerr uh, played college ball. I think he was a tr tried out for Cal. I forgot where he ultimately played. I don't think he played for Cal. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. Uh, but nonetheless, you're going to get people complaining about that. I, I think it shows that Steve Kerr is in complete control of this organization right now. Uh, that's one thing I'm reading from this. But what are your thoughts on people who don't like nepotism? And and, and I think there's a point to be made there, obviously. But um, what are your thoughts? I mean, because because your perspective is very different, I think, from a lot of other people. And I do appreciate you answering this question. Uh, sorry if I'm making things uncomfortable. I, I, but you're, you're, I think you're a great person to ask. What are your thoughts on Nick Kerr being head coach of the G League team of the Golden State Warriors, the Santa Cruz Warriors? No, not an uncomfortable question at all. I'm glad you asked me. Uh, first of all, I think his name was Kevin, who was anti-nepotism. I'm fully with you. I think nepotism sucks. I think that, you know, I know I've been very fortunate to have somebody that has worked very hard. But as far as my dad goes, I'm going to make him listen to this episode. And uh, he's awesome. He's always been very humble and never in people's face or just when people have treated me nicely, it's a product of the way he has treated other people. And so, um, you know, he's great. I digress on that subject and Don't digress I, away, man. No, this floor is yours, please. <laughs> no. And, and so like, I agree. Nepotism sucks because at the end of the day, you got to show up and you got to be the one to do the work. Nobody cares what the name on the back of my Jersey is going to be. If I don't show up and carry myself with respect and treat people with respect and have a good work ethic, work ethic, uh, so I'm with you, man. I think nepotism can be so lame. And it's how you handle it over circumstances you can't necessarily control. Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, good examples. Like, how'd they get into the NFL? Well, you know, they had family who yeah. had big parts in Super Bowl championship teams. And that doesn't mean that they don't deserve to be in the positions that they're in. As far as Nick Kerr goes, I want to say I am very happy for him. Uh, he has worked and he does fully deserve this opportunity. How did he get into the franchise of the Warriors? Well, gee, I think that's an easy one to figure out. Does that mean he doesn't deserve it? No, of course not. Nick Kerr has been on this track for a while. He played at the University of San Diego. Then he grad transferred to Cal. And he did end up getting into a couple of games, but was ultimately there to learn. And at the time, Cal was a very formidable program. They had uh, Jalen Brown, who just signed a massive contract. And then uh, right. Ivan Rabb, another big recruit out of the East Bay at the time. 
And so it was a good program. And, you know, and then Nick Kerr spent some time in the organization. He did some work in San Antonio. And then the Warriors and Spurs actually met in the postseason that year. So I remember that was kind of a fun one. And then, uh, yeah, now he's back in Santa Cruz and was assistant on the staff for a couple of years. So it wasn't just like, hey, Steve Nash, like, would you like to be the coach of the Brooklyn Nets? And I'm not trying to throw shade at Steve Nash here, but it wasn't one of those situations. And yeah, I think it makes sense, by the way. Like, I don't care if you dislike Steve Kerr, if you like Steve Kerr, if you like him as a person, but we're frustrated with the coach. The bottom line is the Kerr era has been pretty good for this franchise. And you want somebody who's running that lower level of the same team to develop players to be coming from the same philosophy. It doesn't mean he's going to be a talking robot of Steve Kerr. Like Nick is very much his own person. He is, uh, he is very dynamic. He's great. I think he's going to do a really terrific job and just have a lot of fun learning on the process. So uh, just to wrap up the whole discussion, nepotism sucks. You got to <laughs> do the work. Uh, you got to do the work no matter what. And Nick Kerr absolutely has done that. So if you just take this headline with understanding of the context, you don't have to hate it so much. If it was just Nick Kerr coming out of college and getting this head coaching job, yeah, I could see the annoyance there. And it probably wouldn't go so well, by the way, either. Oh, no, totally. And, and Nick Kerr did, played for Cal, and he also played for the USD Toreros. Um, I actually, many years ago when I was in grad school at San Diego State, I was also, I had like three jobs, and 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 I was working for the sports talk radio station down there at the time. And one of the many gigs was covering the USD Toreros, and I remember running into Steve Kerr there uh, during one of those years. Um he, he's look, Steve's a family man. I love that. I respect that. Your dad, by the way, is a class act. Um, I've, I've crossed paths with him a lot. Please tell him the invites open for this show. I don't have his number, but he's welcome on this program anytime. Um, you know, I, I, we're up against I'm the clock. So inclined, I'm so inclined to roast him after I just gave him flowers and compliments, but roast away. I'll hold <laughs> it. I'll hold it. Um, and, and I think for the obvious reason, it, when it comes to nepotism, I think that the biggest negative is just that, you know, like there are a lot of people out there who want these opportunities and it's, it, you know, it's a question of fairness, right? I think I'm, going, I'm saying the obvious, but just to, to throw it out there. Um, but again, you've never once ever shown me that you're using your dad to your benefit. I mean, you know, like, again, you didn't tell me when you came on the show last time, what your dad was, I, I just stumbled upon that. And then I texted you. I'm like, wait, what? Your dad's Mike. Um, so I, that's, that's awesome on your part, man. I just want to give you credit there. I, I mean, listen, go, if, I, if I come on the show and I say stupid things, it doesn't matter what my name is. <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, all right. Time to give some love to the official sports book of the locked on podcast network FanDuel. And look, football season is about to kick off. I think anyone who loves Football is ecstatic that it's literally just around the corner and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. If you heard my dog barking, he agrees. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. You are locked on warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Every dayers uh, upcoming on the show <laughs> is uh, I got Rick Bucher joining the program of Fox Sports. Very excited to hear his take and perspective on the Golden State Warriors offseason and his prognostication on the upcoming season. We do have a Warriors assistant coach joining the program soon. soon. Stay tuned for all that and follow us on Twitter at LockedOnDubs where we announce showtimes, guests, all that good stuff. Alexander poses, a, a, I think, a great question. We'll end the show on this note. Um, and he asks, and this is for both of us, do you think Steve Kerr is on the hot seat this season? And I think that's a great question for a lot of reasons. First and foremost, he is on the last year of his deal. We haven't heard uh, any any updates in terms of the contract extension. Um, last year was was disappointing. I mean, they were re, they were defending champions and they finished with a, the the worst record under under Steve Kerr's tenure, excluding uh, the twenty twenty one season. Um, and I guess twenty the following year, there were both teams were six games over five hundred, but it was one of the worst worst teams he's ever coached, I think, and, and one of his worst jobs. I'm, I'm of the belief that if the Warriors underperform this year, if the Warriors disappoint. Uh, let's say they, they finish as a playing team. Let's say they're an early first or second round exit. I do think he might be on the hot seat. I, I don't know if uh, Joe Lacob is going to be satisfied, especially given he's basically given the keys to Steve. He's saying, look, you believe this team is a contender. We're going to give you your older players. They got rid of Jordan Poole. Um, you know, this, the, the whole focus on simultaneously building for the future is seems to be on hold. I mean, they did keep Kaminga and Moody, and, uh, yeah, and Moody which I do love. Um, but what are your thoughts on that? Do you think Steve Kerr is on the hot seat? Like, like, let's say the Warriors finish similar to last year. Like, is Steve Kerr back with the team the, the following year, or is he fine? Your thoughts? I would say no on the hot seat unless he starts losing the locker room, and in particular, the person who matters the most in Steph Curry. If things start going wrong there and they're not on the same page, then it could turn very quickly because a player, the magnitude of Steph, is going to have so much power being just one of the rare generational uh just yeah just talents and uh and model citizens and basketball players so that would kind of be the thing i caution now it's not entirely out of the question just because when you look at history of sports uh coaching management ownership and players all getting along and having cohesiveness over a decade plus that is super rare. I mean, we saw it in the last dance. Like it was, there was tension between Jerry Krause and Phil Jackson. Oh yeah. Years and everything. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you know, <laughs> yeah. Michael Jordan uh, is maybe the greatest player of all time. I would also I not so. call him low maintenance. So. so yeah. And, and, and I would agree with you, but I would just say that you know, he's not low maintenance by any means. So the fact that Steph Clay and Draymond, who by the way, also not, uh, not, not low maintenance. Um, <laughs> the fact that they've all stuck together and been genuine friends and the way they were just laughing out with Mahomes and Kelsey out on the golf course and stuff like that. Like, it's so cool. It's so rare. And so uh, to go back to the Kerr question, if things go wrong with the personal relationships, then maybe I could see things going South, but as far as he and Steph are doing okay, I don't see it being a hot seat kind of situation, uh, especially if they make the playoffs even as like a six seed once again. That's just kind of my take on it. No, no, I totally hear you. And, and your take, for people that don't know this, um, 
you, your family, and the Kerrs are friends. Uh, like, are you friends with Nick? Like, or did you and Nick like grow up together, or like, how was that relationship? No, so I, I uh, probably should try to connect with Nick and maybe uh, have him on screaming from the sidelines because I got a funny Nick-related story about the 2016 finals, but uh, that is that is for a different show and a different time. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> I, time, no, I I'm going to split this up into a two-part show. So, uh, you know, elaborate. Go ahead, man. Unless you don't want to. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I'll give a little tease. Let's just say it uh, involves his meeting his uh, now wife's family for the first time. And this was during the 2016 finals when it was starting to turn the wrong way. And he was very upset during a game. And I'm just going to leave it at that. But right. the story, the story I will tell on this show, which I think is a good one for you offseason fans. And thank you for tuning in today. And uh sticking this far into the show is that the first big Warriors scare in this dynasty was in 2015 second round against the Memphis Grizzlies series is one, one They go on the road to Memphis and I'm watching that game alone at the house with me, Steve's daughter, Maddie and her now husband. And we're all watching in the fourth quarter. It's not going well. Mark Gasol like banks in a, three that he heaved up at the end of a shot clock. The Warriors go down to one, not looking very nice, you know, and then it's just like, okay, well, what do we do now? Like, you know, it's, I don't hang out with these people all the time, but they're being great <laughs> guests. And obviously I had to keep my composure because I had reason to care by far the least. So we go outside <laughs> to my backyard and we start playing ping pong. And uh, it was a good way to blow off steam. I, you know, was get really into ping pong in the summers and, I'm a lefty, oh, yeah. so maybe that throws people off. I'm doing well. I'm beating Maddie by a score of like five to nothing, five to one, something like that, very early on. And she just drops the paddle and goes, My family is just a bunch of losers. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> this is Steve's daughter saying that. <laughs> like yeah. so at that point, Steve was was only a five-time champion, and he was still saying, she was still saying. <laughs> It's a bunch of losers. By the way, for people that may or may, I don't think people know this. Um, I was uh, on track to be an Olympian in table tennis. By the way, uh, the things that the things that divorce does to you as an individual. What are you going to do? Um, what I wanted, I wanted to ask you. I wanted to say this for the end of the show, and I'm going to ask you this now. I'm sure you're going to be back on the show. I love having you as a guest. Um, but uh, let's say, for the sake of argument, the Warriors fill the 14th spot with either Harry Giles or Juan Toscano Anderson. Um, how are you liking this team, man? I mean, I like, I'm a little nervous. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm to me that I feel like they're one player away from making me feel really good about things. Um, that's why a JaVale McGee, I feel like would be amazing. Someone like him, just a little more size, man, because they've been incredibly lucky these last two years with Kevon Looney being an Iron Man, Draymond Green uh, has been injured, but hasn't been uh, debilitating uh, to the team. Uh, but if he's out in the postseason, I mean, that's a huge issue. Like, so I, I feel like one more big would make me feel a lot better. Uh, what are your thoughts, man? Is, is this team going to win the title? Can this be- team beat uh, the Nuggets, the the Lakers, the Clippers, the, you know, all these real, the, even the Kings got better. I mean, the West is deep. What are your thoughts on the Warriors this year, man? How are you feeling right now? On paper, I don't call it a title contending team. But you got me in some kind of mood because earlier today, I actually watched the latter half of that Steph Curry underrated documentary on Apple How is it? TV+. I haven't seen it yet. 
I think it's great. And uh, the reason I really loved it is because it focused a lot on his time at Davidson and not as much on his time as a pro. Uh, Even when he was a pro, it focused on getting his degree and finishing that process that he began and did the first three years of. So, and you realize like I was eight years old and I was devastated when they lost to Kansas and that last shot went up, like to the point where my parents were like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like you just started following this team a week ago. (laughs) And then for him to get drafted to the team I grew up rooting for, and then the connection with the Kurs and it all coming together, it is a beautiful story, but you realize in that first round game against Gonzaga and then the second game against Georgetown, they're down by double digits in the second half, both times. And there's all these little things that have to go together. And if they don't, it doesn't happen. And it like, it got me so emotional because I'm just thinking, even though like on paper, they're a 10 seed, this is one of the most unlikely things I've ever seen. And it just kept on going. So the competitive spirit to just keep competing until you die and what Steph has in him and is carried over to clay and Draymond and other people that have bought into this culture. I even said it during this playoffs. I said it when they were down three, one against the Lakers, I will never ever turn my back on it. So to say, I don't think they can win a title. I'm not going to say it. I think they can do it. Now they got to address some needs. I think that the chemistry needs to be a lot better. You know, they were burned out emotionally by the end of the season, but I'm not going to count them out. I know they're older, but why not try to go get a fifth? Absolutely. And Clay said that in the podcast with Paul George that he thinks they have one more run in them. Um, For me, it's going to come down to two things. And let me know if you agree or disagree with this. It's going to come down to Clay Thompson avoiding a drastic regression. Um, what we saw at the end of last year was very alarming. And I don't know if Clay's going to turn that around. I feel like he has to because the, the way this team is constructed, and especially since you gave up Jordan Poole, a player who was giving you 20 points a game, Clay Thompson's your number two scorer. So if he ends up regressing and no longer being the player he once was, Steph's going to be alone out there when it comes to offense. And I don't know who the second, second score is. It might be Wiggins. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I mean, it, it, Kaminga, I don't know. I have no idea. We could have, that could be a whole show, I guess. Um, so for me, one, it's going to be clay and whether or not he can turn things around. I do agree with Steve Kerr's sentiments at the end of last season, which is that his conditioning played a part in, in his decline a little bit last year, especially at the end of the season when uh, he just looked tired. He did. And, and his body was heavier than it normally is. So hopefully he leaned up this off season. Shots were falling shorter. Yeah, a lot of yeah. them, right? They're, yeah, they were hitting the front rim a lot. Um, so, so Clay holding off what age does to athletes and all of us is is a big one. I think that's one. And two is going to be Jonathan Kaminga, and to a lesser extent, maybe maybe Moses Moody, and them getting guaranteed roles. And in the sense that, regardless of how good or bad you start a game, Kerr will let them play it out. That they're they're a a fundamental firm piece in this puzzle. Um, what are your thoughts on what I just said? Do you agree with any of it? And, and what do you, anything you want to add to that? I think I'm a lot more aligned with you in the Moody Kaminga part for sure, in terms of this year and that last year, yeah, it was kind of weird. I don't think they should have played Lamb and Jerome as much as they did, <laughs> but I wasn't necessarily as upset by the Kaminga Moody just because I didn't really know what was going on behind the scenes. At this point, you got to play them or not use them, but like 
it's kind of like the path is splitting. You got to make a decision one way or another. So I hope to see it. I think Moody did a really nice job in the playoffs. He made a lot of opportune uh, threes and, you know, played solid defense and just doesn't seem to get too phased by his mistakes. Kaminga, I want to see a little bit more of him and how he can kind of function in the one unit that is a five-person defense. I think that's kind of the biggest question mark. Like, does he go off script? Does he do his own thing? I don't know NBA defensive scheming well enough to really answer that question. It's just kind of something I'm putting out there for fans who are having to think about it a little bit. Uh, And then going back to your other part of it, yeah, Clay is going to have a larger load on the scoring, even though he's a little bit older. And I think we need to have a consistent Andrew Wiggins. Like the first show we ever did together Mm. was in the playoffs against the Kings and Wiggins all season never got his rhythm because he was injured. And then he had the personal matter with his father, but he missed a lot of time. And that's probably their second most consistent piece throughout that playoff run of 2022. So they got to have an Andrew Wiggins that can kind of find his form. He has to be that two way piece that he was for them. I think that is the standard for Andrew Wiggins. That is the floor. If this team wants to be a title contender, Looney, you don't have to change who you are. Uh, Steph, you don't have to change who you are. And then we need a little bit more out of that second unit, which could be led by Chris Paul and maybe will look a little bit different. That's going to be something I'm really looking forward to watching. Same. I I am so looking forward to this season. If there's one thing the Warriors did, bravo, you've made me interested. I want to see this team play. I can't wait. I'm I'm, I'm dude, I'm enthralled by all of this. I, I do hope, by the way, Chris Paul does accept a lesser role. I, I think that's important. Yeah. Um, just because that second unit is gonna need someone like him. I love the idea of Clay Thompson staggering his minutes to be a part of that second unit with Chris Paul. I'm, dude, I'm intrigued as hell, man. I don't know about you, um, but yeah, I'm I'm all in. I can't wait to see this. Uh, and speaking of, hopefully, you can't wait to see more of it, Locked On Warriors. We got a great rest of the week. Uh, Josh Lloyd, who hosts Locked On Fantasy Basketball, I was a guest of his yesterday, and I'm going to turn that into an episode. Um, Rick Buecher is going to come on the program. I think we're going to broadcast that Friday. I'm recording that tomorrow. Uh, and then Kylan Mills would join. They, they, we got a packed show, and we're slowly going to ramp it back up. Greg, I want to get you back on this show soon. Um, I'll work on getting a new logo and the graphics so we can promote Strictly Your Threads account. But follow Greg Silver either on Twitter at Greg O Silver, and that's O H, or if you're on Threads or Instagram, same thing, Greg O Silver, but no H, just an O, Greg O Silver on Threads and Instagram. You can follow me on Threads at Dog Wild, and you can follow this program on Twitter at Locked on Dubs. So that's where we post all our show times and who's coming on. Greg, thank you so much, man. Anything you want to promote before we look, before we call it a wrap? Yeah, I mean, I would just uh, appreciate the follow on Threads or X slash Twitter. I mean, I'm trying to get a little bit more Same. into Threads because uh, we all know who's running Twitter, and you yes. know, that's, that's a separate discussion. But uh, yeah, just appreciate everyone who was engaged in the chat today in August to talk Warriors basketball. And right. <laughs> You know, just thank you, Cyrus. I know we like we kind of do these last minute, but it seems like every time we do it, it's awesome. And it's almost like less prep equals better. Agreed. No, I told to me a huge formula for success in, in any media show is spontaneity. The, the more scripting you do, the more planning you do, people can see that they could feel just how, you know, how orchestrated and scripted things are. I No, I'm totally with you, man. And I hope you don't ever feel offended that I call you last minute. I do that for almost everyone. Um, a, a lot of these shows, and just to give you a little insight, like I oftentimes don't plan start times for these shows. It's all about just 
just getting a feeling and getting that that energy and getting inspired, whatever the muse is, right? It's just, you know, I, I feel it. I'm like, all right, we're going to do this. Now, Kylan and I, we, we oftentimes will we'll plan times ahead of time and because um, she's got a busy schedule, man. And she's got some great things cooking in terms of media, by the way. You're going to see her a lot more. Uh, I'll leave it at that. I'll let her promote away what she, what's going on with her. But um, yeah, good stuff. Uh, thanks yeah, everyone for on the chat. Greg, thank you. Um, this was fun. Uh, who knows? You'll probably be hosting a KNBR soon. I mean, that's that's the path these days. Producers get that. That's a, that's a what's his name? Uh, Tolbert's co-host. He was a he was doing the exact same thing you were doing, man. So Copes, I love Copes. Copes, yeah. So keep it going, keep it going, man. Um, thank you to everyone again, and this was an absolute pleasure. It always is. We'll be back at it soon. Go Dubs, baby. We are out. Bye bye. Bye.